Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy30 and enter BrainCandy30 at checkout. What up, people? How are you? I'm doing great. You know why? Why? <laughs> Hear that, people? I should have waited to open my Oh, you should have. Yeah. That's but you didn't know I was going to do that bit. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know either. So <laughs> We don't know pretty much anything we're going to say. I was actually looking at my notes. I was like, dang, I shared a lot of these in the last few episodes. <laughs> what do I got? Hmm. How does she feel about Cat Chateau? I'm going to really have to stretch that story. Sometimes we have more than others. Right. What can we say? We're just happy to be here. The That's Cat Chateau story will be a good one. Anyways, how are you doing, Suze? Uh, too blessed to be stressed. You're going to be perked up in a little bit. You got your DC flowing. <laughs> Diet Coke in the house. <laughs> I bought some of these the other day. I have no regrets. Um, feeling really good about it, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I read a book recently about like things we fear, you know, like as people, we worry about like we might think, oh, I have to only eat organic, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. we'll text and drive. Right. So like we often worry about the wrong stuff. Yeah. And oh, I thought, totally. you know what? I could go. I'll just have a Diet Coke. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about the 104 year old man who, <laughs> you know, chose to end his life. And I bet he'd be like, yeah, drink up, Sus. Yeah. I mean, you're. You should, but like, you do look both. both ways when you cross the street. That's what, what the I'm book saying. said. It was like, you know, in fact, let's have her on as a guest today. <gasps> okay. You this know what I so mean? Fun. I'll put that interview out at the end of this. What uh, book is it? It's called Hype. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm, in it, I'm into it already. Yeah. And it's sort of like telling you what is actually. Oh, I'm, I'm loving worth. this. <laughs> what do you love about it? I just like, I, I think that that is. Sometimes a lot of those lessons we are um you have to learn the hard way. Yeah. And I would love if somebody would just like like look, this is worth it, this isn't worth it. Yeah, from the age of birth to I think it was 40 or 45, you you're most likely to die from an accident. Ooh. So she's saying, "Be careful, wear a helmet, <sighs> don't text and drive." Yes. Go the speed limit. Don't binge drink. Yeah. Things like that. And then after that, then, you know, maybe like have a little bit more lettuce and like worry yeah. about your fiber and like stuff like that. Where You're worrying about the wrong stuff. Yeah. And so I'm excited to talk to her because sometimes it feels like, and as you know, like with women's stuff, especially pregnancy and otherwise, they don't know anything. Like where they'll be like, we just don't know. Right. Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, ain't that the truth? And that's the part I want to ask. My doctor was like, nothing. Just whatever. (laughs) You're fine. Oh, you're not doing heroin. Great. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think they have bigger fish to fry at this point with the opioid situation. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, that'll be a fun interview, and it'll scratch your itch. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, where to begin? Where to begin? Okay, I'll go, since this is a good transition, I read about how 
another way that there is gender bias. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, I'm getting a little I need tired. I a sip of wine for this. We should just start talking about where there's not gender bias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it would be fewer things. Did you want to say something? No, I just remembered that I ordered food and it's going to be delivered soon. So I just wanted to. That's fine. Okay. I'll keep yapping on while if, if you If anybody go. has What did you those? order in the end? Nachos? Yes. <laughs> See, this is fitting our but, theme. Yeah. It's fine. It's, they're from Veggie Grill, so it's healthy nachos. <laughs> Have you ever, it's like mainly they do salads, but then you pick the nachos. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I did. But then you like look and the, the salad's just as bad as the nachos because they're like loaded up with all that. That's you know. so true. So bring it on, but give me the nachos. You make a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a different, you know, difference of 30 calories. I'm going nachos. You're fine. Yeah. Um, this was about gender bias within tr- body organ transplants. Huh. And oh, wait. I have a question first. Okay. Does it matter if you get nor male or female? It doesn't matter, right? No. What about size? Matters. <laughs> okay. We all know. <laughs> Another thing, duh. So but. it doesn't matter okay. if the organ is smaller than you are, if you're, but a, if it, which is a problem because men are bigger usually, so they can oh, take ma- a women organ and put it in a man, but you can't take a male organ and put it in a woman. You can if the sizes match. Oh. But that's a problem. Yeah. So it's like there's more organs that would be suitable, first of all, for a man. That's one problem. Oh. Because my organ could go in a man's. Yes. But likely his wouldn't fit into my body. So that's the first problem, which is just biology. That's not like a a discriminatory thing. Right, 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 right. But then on top of that is that women, for whatever reason have a higher rate of rejection. I could I would imagine it's because of has something to do with blood types and and being able to give birth like like oh. carrying because really? they tested my blood type a couple times and wanted to find out if what I, are you? when I I still don't freaking know. Okay. They kept on <laughs> testing me and then they they kept saying they want to make sure that it's a blood type that's compatible with the baby because if it's not then it almost forces a miscarriage because you're not compatible with like your own Yeah, it's a So whole if you thing. have a certain I think it's like RH negative or something that you can't it's much more difficult to I've never even heard of that. Me neither. So I wonder if there's something about, like, for the same, this, it's almost like we get it on the other end. Mm-hmm. Like, men have higher, like, oh, let me remember what it is. It's something like you have a, a women are better able to, like, weed out bad genes like their bodies do that better okay whereas a male body and it's because we're then going to reproduce and so we we, they want to make it so so it's most likely you know but but i wonder you know that well we're what regardless of the reason what that ends up meaning is that doctors who prefer to have higher success rates are incentivized Uh to give organs to men because that gives them this success rate that I guess affects, 
you know, their pay, probably yeah, job yeah. performance reviews, whatever. I don't know how it works with doctors, which is funny because the doctor that we're going to interview later is probably going to listen to this and be like, these idiots have no idea. I know. I'm sitting here like blabbing anyway. about like trying to figure out the answer. I'm like, Sarah, pretty sure people in the medical <laughs> profession have uh, already thought about everything you're thinking about. But they, they did a study and they wanted to see the true numbers of it. And doctors were half as likely to even discuss oh, the option half, half 50% less likely to discuss the option of transplants with women <gasps> so they would just be like yeah there's nothing we can do <gasps> that oh my gosh that seems to really violate the first do no harm well they they're not implying or not they're not saying that it's intentional as much as they are theorizing that maybe doctors look at the woman and think they're frailer than they are like you and couldn't in, be able to handle it anyway. They genuinely think this isn't an option for that person. Oh my god! Just because well, they're I wonder, small. Is there anything that shows the like how female doctors like if it changes if you have a female doctor if they still have that same Didn't mindset? Say. That would be interesting, kind of right follow up. To, yeah, to that look would at be. That. Um, but they still would have the problem of the success rate desire, yeah. which I'm sure you know affects men and women. Um, but it really goes to show the ways that this gender bias can have an impact on your life in big ways that you don't even no, think about. Never. And so I was like, okay, if I'm ever in this position, I'm going to go in the doctor's office and act like I am badass and I am ready for a transplant because like, I don't want yeah. them to think I'm frail. No. You know? I want them to think that I'm a hearty. Like, I wonder if, I mean, I want to know everything. Like, are the people on, what's the breakdown of gender on the, on the transplant list? Higher. Women have, are, there are more women on the list. They make up 60%. Okay. So there are more women who are in need of an organ. Correct. Hmm. And fewer that get it. What? Partially because crazy. of biology. Par, you yeah, know, because no, of the size I know, thing. but like the, but the biology of it is just like, it trips me out that they're that. So be an organ donor. Oh, I am. Yeah, me too. For sure. But that's a big thing. But this, the girl that they were focusing on, she's only four foot eleven, and so <sighs> she was in particular dire straits. She had to wait eighteen months uh, for a transplant when normally it would um, take one fifth that amount of time. Would you ever donate an organ to somebody you didn't know? Sure. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, I thought about it a lot, especially bone marrow. Yeah. Because that's like no big whoop. I mean, I'm not... Right. No, I hear it's really It's painful. a big whoop. Yeah. But it's not as big of a you're, whoop. You're not losing something that maybe you would need later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was some... I, I, I mean, I didn't even read the whole article, but it like came up in my Twitter feed about a, a, a young man who held up a sign on the highway like at looking for oh, yeah. an, and he got it it worked yeah it worked and now they're like best friends that's nice yeah it's real sweet somebody was like i felt probably like how you and i feel i did see something on twitter like that where a daughter was looking for a match for her dad and i don't know if oh, it worked out i saw that yeah yeah and i was like i wish i could help that guy and then yeah. i was like oh wait my own dad needs one <laughs> and we have the same blood type i'm so just like, like <laughs> we both did it. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Uh, anyway, changing the subject, but it is actually about health. Um, a lot of us don't get the right foods, and Sarah's definitely not because she's eating nachos for lunch. Uh, and so, <laughs> but if you were to ask me what I'm having for dinner, what are you having? Well, like healthy stuff. Okay, that's good. Um, 
I mean, that's all that one meal a day is fine. Um, I'm supplementing though. That's right. Are we, we going to talk about some ritual? We, <laughs> yes, we use ritual because a lot of us, we try to eat healthy, but you know, there are gaps in our diet and the ritual vitamins are such a great way to fill in those gaps and you can get that omega-3 or the vitamin D or whatever is missing for you. And the best part for me is that these vitamins are mint scented with an in-bottle tab enriched with pure peppermint oil. So there's not that gross vitamin situation. I really didn't believe you until I started taking it myself. Sarah! You know how when you take fish oil and you burp and Ah! you burp up fish oil? Yeah. This I take and then I burp burp mint! mint. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is lovely. But... What you have not mentioned, what, which is my favorite thing, is that it comes with an adorable little calendar <laughs> with stickers, so you get to mark off, and mentioned. it's like, hey, it's a twenty-one day challenge. Like, just try to take vitamins for twenty-one days. You straight. are obsessed with challenges. Me, I am. I am. I, come on. You know what? When that you're not on so the real funny. world road rules challenge, and you feel like I, I need to have challenges in other parts of my life, so I am taking that day that challenge. I'm on day seven. Yeah, it I have does not missed feel a day. Like that. I'm more proud of you. It's kind of upset they had a banana sticker on there. <laughs> this is a subscription-based service, so there's no gap in your nutrient levels, and it's thirty month, thirty dollars a month delivered to your door. Um, and the, buying the, the omega three yourself is the cost of this, so it's like you yeah. get everything for just even that one thing. Um, and if you forget a few days, you can snooze it. You can cancel any time. Happiness guaranteed. No questions asked. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to invest in your health, do what I did and go to ritual.com slash brain candy. Your future self will thank you for taking ritual. Consider it your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients backed by real science in your body? Go to ritual.com slash brain candy. Yeah. You're so cute, Sarah. I love it. I love you. I love the little sticker. I love you. (laughs) Gosh, so much. So, so much. Shall I move on? I was thinking that. I had a friend come over who's a, a close friend from childhood. She came over to my house and... I know that she was walking around taking inventory of the photos that I have up. Like, you know, she was looking at the photos. It's basically just me and Susie on my wall. I think I have more pictures of the two of us than I have of me and my own husband. <laughs> That's not and true. I know she was probably like, hmm. Do you really uh, believe she was taking inventory? Yeah, I think so. I think she was looking for a photo of her, like, of where, like where she Does was Does she on have the one wall. of you in her house? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and you know, I, I did have one of her on the wall. Oh, okay. Yes. And I did because, you know, they were friends. Everybody has a friend like that in their life where you're friends, but you don't often see each other. Mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. not a lot of pictures. Yeah. And-, and recently I haven't seen her in so long. So it's like, you know, I don't, I have like ones from when we were little kids, but whatever. Hey, I earned those fucking yeah, you spots have. on your wall. You definitely have. <laughs> And like, it doesn't hurt that we have Adam, who's like a professional photographer, following that, us around. So for it's sure, like, that well, helps. what do I want to put up? <laughs> and really, the Adam thing is critical. It's amazing. <laughs> Every time he's around, I'm like, oh, it's picture the best. time. Picture time. You know who else is really good? Our friend Mariana. She like Does will she? just be like, stop. Let me take a picture of you like this. Oh, and I'm good. like, ah, hello, you're the best. She's I'm like, oh, I'm gonna boomerang this. Gonna, she's big on the. Boomerang. Yeah, I loved it. It's like this is great. <laughs> best. Who wants to hear the history of the escalator? <gasps> but where's our music? Da, 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 da. It's the history of the yes. escalator. I do not have Sooner my music later, board. It's the escalator. <laughs> I wish I had my music board attached today. I'm so sorry. Okay, I already helped him out with the song. 
Yeah, that was better than okay. anything. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, I remember when we played which came first, the escalator or the elevator. Remember when? It we, had to be elevator. And it wasn't. It was like the other one. Okay. No, it was elevator. You were right. And then the escalators came out soon after. Tell me everything. So I believe this was tweeted to me by Laura. I hope I'm crediting the right listener. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really appreciate when you guys send me cool Love stuff. Love it. Um, and it was really fascinating. And maybe this... No, I bet you they said the escalator came first because there was a very early uh-huh. version. It was something like that. That was used in the Great Pyramid at oh Giza. Oh my... Okay, it was that. Yeah, but that's kind of like BS uh-huh. because it is not what we the use real now. One. I hate questions like that. Like, I love trivia, but don't give me any of that tricky stuff. Trick, tricky. Yeah, and so, by the way, they do that on those like HQ and stuff. Ugh, and I know. It makes me real mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So the early version was at the Great Pyramid at Giza, which I, I mean, of course, how else were they going to get crap up? Yeah, they I'm still not s- convinced it wasn't aliens. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a theory people have? Well, I don't know. I mean... Are you just making that up on the fly? No, I think people have, like... I don't really... I'm not... We don't really know how those rocks were moved. <laughs> so that's the mystery for you? And you thought think aliens were like... Well, that combined with, like, precision laser cuts to rocks that look too good, that are better than machines do it now. How do they do it? I can't figure it out, Sue, so I, I don't know. We need to have a scholar of pyramids on. <gasps> I'm going to get that. That would be so much fun. Because I always wanted to know. Oh, we already had dinosaurs. We need pyramids. Yeah. Make this happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. So then the modern version, 1859, by Nathan Ames, he, co- he pat- tried to patent it, and he called it Revolving Stairs. Cute. But then he died a year later, so then it got abandoned. But we still see that that patent was attempted at Uh least. uh And then in 1892, somebody uh, tried a new one, and they called it the Endless Conveyor, (laughs) which made me laugh. The Um, Endless Conveyor. Well, first of all, we need somebody in the naming department to help (laughs) these folks out. (laughs) Right. But for this, it was used just as an amusement ride. At like oh. friggin', I don't know, Coney Island <laughs> or something. Putting an escalator yeah. in the middle of a field and being like, five dollars. <laughs> I can see, okay, when I was reading the article though, I felt what they felt at the time, especially when I get to my next part of the story when it was actually used in the way that we use it now. Mm-hmm. They put it in at London's Harrods. Uh, looked, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And, and they're like wooden, right? The old ones. I feel like I've it been, must have been. New York has Macy's has one of the oldest, and it's a wooden escalator, and it's real cool. Oh, okay, go it ahead. It must have been like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. That's so cool. And they said that people were nervous and just uh-huh. sort of like, "What is this?" And I thought, "Yeah, I get it." And there had to be a part of them that was like, "We we needed to improve stairs." Right. I could see them being like, this, this is, is stupid. Ridiculous. Like, it was fine. Now, could you imagine if you had to walk floor to floor in Macy's, how mad you'd be? Right. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It makes sense that downstairs? retailers were vested, invested in this and there's, technology. 
They're real clever with the where they place the up and downs. Why? Oh, this is totally thought out. I'm sure. Of how you have to walk around the other side to go to the down elevator. They don't make it so you can just keep going up. Yeah. You have uh. to walk around, look at products to go up to the next floor. Then yeah. you walk around products to then go up again. Right. It goes up and down are connected. Not up and up, which is what you'd think. Like a staircase. You that keep is going. That's so true. Mm-hmm, and you'd never notice unless you, like, were one of those aware of the psychology of <laughs> yeah, what you're doing, what they're doing. Yeah, the psychology of, like, consumerism and it's shopping. It's crazy. And yeah. once you're aware of it, you can't unsee it. And then you're, like, mad at stores. <laughs> I'm grateful. Yeah. Show me everything. Yeah, you're like, oh, I know why you're doing this. You know? <laughs> but at the um, London's one, they. The London one they had at the top cognac and um, also smelling like salts. Yeah, because people were so disoriented <laughs> and disturbed by the experience. Wow! Like they really didn't like it, and they were they needed soothed. Did this come? This is a dumb question. Maybe after before cars. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, before cars, and they were just like before Whoa. the Ferris wheel. I don't. That I don't know. Huh. I can't say. Yeah. But, yeah, good point. Because Ferris wheel's freaking scary. <sighs> scary for me. It had to be Also, before. elevators or escalators at one point in my life were very scary for me. I had to Why? time my step, step onto like there. You're like elf. Yeah. Totally like that. <laughs> also, one time, I was at JCPenney. Pennies? Penny. Mm-hmm. Whichever. I saw a little girl's shoe foot get stuck in an escalator. And th- we had like to call nine one one. Like the, the toe of her shoe, because she had like teeny tiny little baby feet, got stuck in the escalator. Her foot's all twisted around. She starts screaming. The father starts screaming. I'm I'm five feet away from where this is happening. Like I'm in the belt section, and they're on the escalator right above where my like where my head is. And I pant. I'm like, oh my god, you know, get out my phone, call nine one one. The other people had started calling nine one one. Like they had to have the fire department come out. Thank God, she was this kid. I had never heard a kid scream like that. She was so scared. I was so scared. Was she really, really hurt? No, she was. Thank God, it didn't get her foot. It just got the toe, and she had like little slip ons. Why didn't they take her shoe off? They finally did, but her foot. She wouldn't let go of her foot. She was only like three or four, so she that wouldn't. Is terrifying. She like wouldn't un. And you know, she's screaming. Her foot's all twisted. The dad's like, <gasps> it yeah, was a, a moment of panic. Like you do have to be careful with those things. So yeah, I don't. And that was after my. I had already recovered from my fear of escalators, so like I'm Did surprised. Did you ever see the video of the one that like co- the top bit collapsed in? No, why and are people you t- fell in? No, <laughs> I'm so glad I haven't. This was like two years ago, and it's really not funny. I'm just laughing at your reaction. Um, oh, it was a mom and a kid oh at my the God. top because you know it's like a at the top it's flat. Yeah, right the before flat, you get off. The t- flat part collapsed, fell in. Oh and my they God, were, and they were there. And though that metal is just so it's like something about those teeth yeah, look like yeah. scary. It's not natural. Oh, I'm sorry for where this went. <laughs> I took that in a dark direction. <laughs> Susie's trying to share the history of something. Tell us all these like nice stories and we're talking about people getting mauled. It is funny though. I mean, because they were giving cognac and smelling salts out at the top because people are so disoriented, and then you think of what people do on them now and like Half the time, people are like right. tomfoolery yeah, on there. Totally. I used to like 
put my shoe, you know how there's like a little brushy looking thing on the side? Yeah. And I used to be like, shoe shine. Oh my God. Put my God. foot out there. That's how that kid got her. Shoe shine. Yeah. Or like sit on the, on the, the handle, the handrail, because that moves at the same time with the stairs and then try to like keep your feet up. So that's how, that's, that's how you end up falling. No wonder you had a fear though. Like how did you go from fear to well, daredevil? No, I was, I was probably like a daredevil when I was younger and then like. You know, you realize how many ways you could die in accidents. And you're like, I got to stop doing that shit. Now I'm scared. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's move on. Yeah. I know one thing. What? I'm sleeping like a baby. Yeah, are you? Tell me. What well, are you sleeping I have on? great sheets. Mm-hmm. Brooklinen. You people keep sending me pictures of your freaking adorable so cats. So cute. Cats and sheets. Uh, and dogs. It's Adorable. so cute. I love it. Um, Brooklinen is a really, really wonderful company made by a couple who were like, yeah, we want some nice sheets, but we don't want to remortgage our house to get them. <laughs> and they're the most beautiful, comfortable home essentials. And you spend so much time in bed, whether you One realize third it or of your not. Life. Yeah. Come on. And so you want really nice stuff, but you don't want crazy prices and markups and fees. Most bedding is marked up. 300%. When you tell, I can't believe that. It makes me sick that I've one time spent that money on sheets. And they wanted to solve that problem. This is luxury bedding that's underpriced. You have to try them. Um, And are, I mean, they're basically the softest sheets I've ever had. Best housekeeping. Yeah. Good housekeeping. Best of online bedding category by good housekeeping. They're the most comfortable sheets I've slept on. Brooklinen has an exclusive offer for our listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code BRAIN at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all your sheets and comforters. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code BRAIN at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code BRAIN. They're the best sheets Ooh, get it shut oh. there's sarah's notch. My nachos are here people press pause that's fine that's fine go how are your nachos oh my gosh so good <laughs> were they delish yes and you know what hmm. remember how we were talking about how vegan cheese isn't good i think i may have just had vegan cheese no way wasn't that good yeah yeah I never would have guessed. Me neither. What do you think it's made of? Cashews? Ca- that cashew cheese. <laughs> it's good. It was good. Yeah. Um, anywho. Any hoodles. <sighs> Where what should we, we talk off? about? Um, so one a while back, people found out that I was in a sex therapy class right now, and they were all asking me, oh my God, you have to talk to us about weird like oh, paraphilias yeah. and stuff like that. What are you saying? Paraphilias are all those um, like objectophilia or um fetishes like people who have yeah all alternate sexual feelings towards either an inanimate object or 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 like something else you know and i don't know what category this falls into but Mm -hmm. on my computer in my you know on vice news you know whatever just popped up in their feed um this place in denver that is now nicknamed the cat chateau where people who are into what they call kitten play go to live. And a lot of people were commenting on how this is kind of like the, uh, the like, isn't this kind of like, you know, like what Hugh Hefner was doing with Playboy bunnies, like turning, they're basically people who like dressing up as kittens and they're part of this BDSM community called 
kitten play where the kittens are like submissive and then they have the owners who come to the house who are called gents. Oh boy. Yeah, and they live there and they like the kittens live there. And but the the people who run it are saying no, this is totally great and healthy because it's like by women for women and are all about like marketing How this. How is it for women? Because it's not like a I think it's it's like they're choosing they're the creators of this fantasy rather than adding women into a man's fantasy. You know, like the Playboy Bunny kind of were yeah, but they're really. Uh, uh, apparently, it's really popular, and it's called the Cat Chateau, and it's like sold out. People come and stay there. And what I was, I mean, these women are gorgeous. The women who were dressed, I was like, you know, they're not what you are. Not- they not allowed to talk? Oh, good question. No, I think they like probably. It probably would depend on what kind of like cat they are. It's like that. The Catwoman on um, um, Batman. Oh, she's so sexy. Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, I was referring Damn. to the, actually the one on the sh- TV show from the 60s. The, oh, um, Africa, yes, yes, Eartha yes, Kit. yes. Eartha Kit. I mean, and she had that little, like, kind of the purr. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she would, like, hiss. Do you think that's what they do? I think so. But they're, like, really into. And there are a lot of people into cat play. <laughs> Apparently, this place is, like, it, what I thought was funniest was that their website is a .org. <laughs> What's the? What I don't is know. It? Uh, it's it's, oh, it's Kitten called. Play. I think org? it's org. Come on. Yeah. So it's a nonprofit. I was that's I was my question. I was like, why? Well, how do you get a dot org? It didn't say they didn't say that in the article. That's really strange. Yeah, but that was an interesting one. So if you like dressing up as a kitten, there's a place for you. So I'm sorry, but like the women that do this, they're not. They are employees of. I think they choose to live there. It's like one of those, they probably they, have another job, like a side, then this is where they live. And maybe they pay to live there. And then what? I don't, then, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I'm just saying, this is a place, it's I like mean, the Playboy, like, oh, okay. you know, how they I'm have like bunnies. I'm thinking of like a brothel. Like, I think it's so, it's not necessarily a brothel because they're not like, selling this sex it's not like you can go in and you can buy time it's like both of them it's like a bdsm like any of those other like it's sex like clubs a club. or it's a club that's the best way to put it it's a club it's like okay. a bdsm club with a kitten theme wow and apparently it's like there all really the rage. is a lid for every pot every <laughs> single one because then it started get i was like oh i wonder what other ones are out there so i just googled types of paraphilias the list of a's is a page long things that no start with a way. there were weird ones we've talked about this before where sarah claims that ba- <laughs> no nothing bad yeah okay i'm like just what do I that claim? there is no such thing as a fetish really that oh, just yeah. like yeah everything is acceptable Well, because if you say oh well i'm gonna i'm i would like to have nor i want it to be normal okay then tell me what normal is I think everybody could answer that though the same. They know what everyone considers. To but that's be. like calling vanilla ice cream normal. Yes, and then mint chip and Correct. chocolate and all those other. That so is like, accurate. Are, are that the so vanilla is like the base? Correct. So like missionary and regular is like the base. Yes, that is the vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Okay. Like we all know what normal. Yeah, but nobody's means. just had vanilla ice cream their whole life. No. So is but it that, that normal? But that doesn't mean they liked Rocky Road. Right. 
That just means they tried it. But we're talking about people that love Rocky Road. Yeah. But don't like vanilla. Or like Rocky Road with cat hair on top. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like... Because Rocky Road's great, right? But we, you, we were in the previous discussion, including real fringe stuff. Yeah, not anything criminal, but like right, right, things that like when you fall in love with your car, or uh-huh. when you want to bang the Statue of Liberty. I mean, uh-huh. the, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that goes on trees that is cats. absolutely not normal. Not. I cannot call it that, even though you want me to. I know. It's it's more like, oh, we just have to widen the definite. <sighs> that actually leads me to another topic, yeah. which is tangentially related, but I think we'll you'll understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. I read this article. Let me scooch back because I think it was on a previous page of my notes. Um, and it was about, it was, a, I think, a New York Times op-ed. I need to get you a new notebook. I'm real... See, I have this weird. My fetish is like finishing things, right? So, like, I'm the opposite. Super excited because I'm almost it. done. To don't replace it because I want you, to finish, right? This but notepad. then you know you. you but can... I have the one from Zach Galifianakis. Oh, so <gasps> that's, that's amazing! <laughs> okay, great. I won't get you a new one then. Okay, let me find it. Okay. Um, well, anyway, there was this person that wrote an yeah. op-ed, and I think it was in the New York Times, and it was about. Um, the personal essays that a person writes when they want to get into college. Uh-huh. Okay, here it is. And how okay. the, t- the actual title was something to the effect of the soul-crushing student essay. Oh, I get and that. I was surprised because you know how, like, stereotypically we think of millennials as being people who all want a trophy mm-hmm. for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the negative mm-hmm. thing. Oh, tr- I, anyway, sorry. I got a text that just caught my attention. That was so unprofessional of me just now. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, but so I was thinking that was going to be the complaint of the person that has mm-hmm. to read these essays. But it turned out that millennials and Generation Z, like uh-huh. the younger thans, um, are, are very bad about knowing what makes them special. Yeah. And I think it's an identity crisis. It's like a thing that has to do with an identity. But it's a generational thing. And I thought, why would that be the case? Uh-huh. Why is that the case? So let's reverse it. In the 80s, let's say you were transgender. Mm-hmm. Okay. You felt very alone. Uh-huh. And then only after the internet and when you could just put it in, you realize... I am not alone. There are tons of people that feel like me. I'm not that, yeah. That was a relief to them. Yes. But if you grew up only knowing that you can Google and find other people like you, mm-hmm. you think nothing about you is special. special. And so they tend to write in what I told you you write in, which is passive voice. I do. And you know what? I've changed that since then. Yeah. I've been very aware of that since you showed me that. Yeah. Like the the way that they structure sentences is as if... Something happened to them rather Not they than did something. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I I I did it for a long time until I realized, like, oh no, you have to take an active voice in this, huh? But it but it what comes back to what be... you were talking about about the fetish thing. Like nothing is unusual because right, everything's, everything's fine. Fine. So then nothing's. Yeah. What do you think French. about that? I'll get you your wine, by the way. I noticed you're out. Oh, let me think. You know, that's a really interesting one because then it makes you. 
you even see it with, I, I think the people who in the past, and I even felt a little bit of this because I, in one high school, I went to one high school where being a weirdo was <laughs> weird. weird. Okay. Then yeah, I went yeah. to another high school where yes. being a weirdo was cool. Yeah, right. And it felt like I was, and I see that whole, ooh, I put that in there tight. Yes, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I feel like maybe the the school I went to where being a weirdo was cool was a school that was a little bit ahead of its time because now that's how it is in school. Where like in in some schools, yeah. not all, yeah, yeah, but yeah. where like yeah, the gay all. kid or the transgender kid are like the cool Wins, popular, prom queen yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. You know, they vote the transgender, you know, guy as prom king, and and it may, it's all wonderful. And, you know, we're making political statements and it's great. And, but I did not find that in the other high school I went to. So maybe it's just like that different time where those things become like the, oh, and then you think if you were, if you are what used to be considered quote unquote normal, Mm -hmm. you almost feel like the other now. Right. And that could be that whole pushback from that, like. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. That middle America. By like, the way, cheers. Oh, cheers. I love that noise. Mm. I saw, by the way, the other night you were like cooking HelloFresh and like drinking wine, like super fancy wine. And, yeah, like, I was. Living the dream. It was great. What is with and you then, becoming like Miss Cook over there? Well, I one night I had Landon do it and it was so good and then we switched and then the next night i cooked and he was all jealous because my hello fresh recipe i only had to cut one thing i had to cut potatoes into like half inch cubes and that was it yeah and he had to cut his three was- vegetables <laughs> his he required he was mad about prep two extra steps of prep so he was like well i mean <laughs> he wanted more credit yeah he did but they both taste amazing our family cannot get over how much we love HelloFresh. Yeah. We can, we're we like, this is, and we're spending so much money, so much less money on groceries. I'm, I am I too. I am saving I am too. so much money. And you know how what, that feeling when your fridge only has what you actually are going to eat and you know where everything's going to go and you feel like I'm not wasting. I just feel like, yes, I love yeah. it. I'm they, so pumped. Well, and they have so many options now. Like I, Sarah didn't know this. She was taking the default options. Totally. But I was like, this I, is great. They're yeah. giving me these meals. I don't even know what they are, but they're so good. Yeah, but you can go on there and you can pick like what kind your family you think would like. So they have a lot of selection. And I feel like it's gotten our whole family excited about cooking. Lincoln's mm-hmm. helping me, which I think is really fun. And we live now in a house that's kind of far away from stuff. So yeah. Instead of going out to eat, we're more inclined to, oh, let's just stay in and have the same quality, Mm -hmm. but we don't have to. Because Sarah and I both off the air, we're like, it's restaurant quality. It's so good. And it's just, you spend less of your time planning and grocery shopping. And I love that because I, you know, time is of the essence. And you can get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy30 and enter promo code BrainCandy30. That's $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy30 and enter promo code BrainCandy30. And you'll experience the same benefits. I saw that they partnered with, like, they do all these cool, like, the wine, partnerships. Wine yeah. And it tells me which wine this pairs with at right. the bottom of my thing. I was like, okay, well, we're drinking that. <laughs> A Pinot Noir? It's okay. It's really cool. Just try it. Yeah, Let us know I what you it. think. I, I, I just love, I love our sponsors. I mean, they're just 
We are lucky gals. I know. I'm just like going through my mind. I'm like, I would use all, I would. I know. We can't get over HelloFresh. I can't stop talking about it. Anyways, what are we? Like off the air, she won't shut up about it. So at least in this case, it's for your benefit. And then when I go like, hey, honey, will you just throw together that HelloFresh? It sounds like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Instead of me saying, which is true. can you make dinner for tonight? It sounds like much. That's so true. You know? Yeah. like, yeah, I could do a HelloFresh. No big whoop. No big whoop. So now I come home to dinner. Wow. Okay, moving on. But I thought that was really interesting about the millennial thing because the stereo, like I said, the stereotype that they're just self-centered and they think they're yeah. so great. It turns out like they're, they, they think they realize now that the world is a rainbow and everybody's yeah. different. So they're like, if everybody's different, nobody's different. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I totally do. There's got to be unintended consequences. There, like not consequences. It's like a but pendulum. There's a, yeah, there's got to be like something that happens as a result of that. That brings me where... to my next topic. Sorry oh, to keep the ball no, rolling I, here. No, I love it. <laughs> Which was about um, there was this. Okay, you know that guy. I think his name is Ryan Murphy. He makes those films like uh, the Gianni Versace mm. and then the feud one about the two actresses that hated each other. Oh, I wanted to see that. Yeah. Like yes, he does yes, a yes, lot yes, of yes, 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 totally. things. He What's the name did of the Glee, guy? Uh, Ryan Murphy. I have to write this down cause I like that style and I like his. And he, by the way, does did. not want you to call it camp. He wants you to call it Baroque because like Baroque, you know, the time period. Yeah. Not broke. Right, right. Baroque. Yeah. Cause he says camp denotes like something bad cheap and like what do you mean the style of he's a he's a gay guy yeah and he makes these shows that tend to appeal to gay people so uh-huh. he sometimes gets labeled as camp style like um waters the waters director i don't know made oh, crybaby yeah 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 i see and he's mean. like that that's derogatory i want to be known as baroque which is like Big and grand. Fabulous and, and fabulous. over the top and opulent. And you know what? The Johnny Versace story, definitely like that. Yeah. Opulent, over the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was also in the process of creating this, a revival of a play that ran on Broadway in, I believe, the 60s called Boys in the Band. And Boys in the Band was about gay culture. Mm, cool. And it's, uh, in the 60s, counterculture. Uh-huh. And un- hidden. Exactly. And so there was an article in the New York Times about how now that, and this is just more than it was relative, gay culture is accepted and mainstream. And so like it's there, the backside of that, as you said about the other thing Mm -hmm. is like, there is no such thing as this gay identity Mm -hmm. in the same way. Mm -hmm. They don't have these coming out stories. It's like, I remember when I first moved to San Francisco and I got a rundown of the colors of bandanas that you wear in your back pocket that symbolize different things. Yes. That meant that you were in part of a different group. Like what you would wear the color of bandana in a certain side of your pocket that symbolized whether you were into certain types of sex or like interested in certain partners, like you were interested in bears or, you know, you were a lesbian who preferred strap-ons or whatever they were like all whatever you wanted you there signaled. was a bandana for it and what was your bandana i Sarah? remember that i dated a girl who always wore a black bandana in her pocket and i don't remember what that means i think it's a strap-on so i cannot wait to look it up yeah but i know that a black bandana or maybe it was navy blue Sarah. but like a dark color bandana wait, we need in her to pocket. know which color i think it was black okay. but 
We have to look that up. You didn't have a bandana? But she was also really into gay culture, like the male gay culture. Like she was almost more into that culture than she was into like a lesbian culture. Or yeah. Like, and I think she kind of, she was a very androgynous female, so. Well, this article was almost lamenting the death of gay culture in uh-huh. that way. Mm-hmm. And that the the upside is that right. there's a Acceptance. lot less yeah. Yeah, strife. Yeah. But the downside is that when you're included, did in society in a way that you weren't before those little things that you share only with each other yeah like inside joke almost or whatever you want to call it yeah it's a little club that's that is really what's happened almost for every that's what i'm saying big you know like i almost think this is not a a culture that i'm at all a part of but like country i think about like you know people who are really into country what about them and how like it used to i i feel like pop and country have kind of there's like this middle ground where you know somebody like me can go to a line dancing place yeah like whatever you know and there used to be a a scene like a country scene where i would feel very out of place if i went to a line dancing hall now i think i can go to a line dancing place and maybe would be okay but might not know the moves this makes me wonder though because I read last year around the time of Pride, which this episode is actually coming out right around when Mm -hmm, Pride mm -hmm. starts to kick up. Um, Somebody was talking about how straight people need to not go to Pride and that we're co-opting their safe space and their sort of like private place. And I thought, I freaking love Pride. Yeah. (laughs) And also as somebody who was the grand marshal. Sarah, you are amongst the queer though. I I know. Okay. Yes. You don't have to get defensive. You're allowed. No, but I am defensive because like, (laughs) because I want to make a point and say like, I was the grand marshal of the Long Beach Pride Parade in 2015 or 16, 15. And they told me when I was like, cause they gave me a little microphone and, you know, I was driving the car and, you know waving to people and everything and like talking to the crowd and they said we would like you to not call it gay pride we just want to call it pride because we're just this is just pride and it's not about putting people in boxes it is who you are and we're just going to celebrate it as pride and in the city and in long beach and it's great and Maybe that was just their opinion, but I was can fine. We, I was like all about that. Can you like that. contact like them and ask if we can be Grand Marshal again? I I can say <laughs> can we can we at least get like some you know good seats to wave <laughs> to the other people who are Grand Marshals. I I read that tweet and I thought, you know, I want to consider this. I want to consider if that's a fair thing. Like, do am I stealing something from people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm taking all the good without experiencing the struggle? Like Rachel Dolezal. Am I doing that? I remember when I went to pride, I wore, you, you could get a sticker yeah, when you got yeah. in like anything like butch or, yeah. um, fan, whatever it was. Love it. And I think mine said butch. And I had that when, you know, when I got the curls going on, yeah. the big yeah. pro like Dolly Parton style. And somebody actually said to me, you're not, but don't wear that sticker. Yeah, yeah she was it, mad. And I thought I was being ironic. Right. Because clearly I'm Obviously. the least butch person. Yeah, but if I were in the market for a girlfriend, I wouldn't want you to wear that sticker either. What What should I wear though? Because then I would also be like, you're like, I'm interested in butch women and you're not that, but you are what I feel like I want to be for butch women. So like, stop stealing my femme space and stop stealing my butch, like, Okay, I get you know? that. I get that. Yeah. When she said that, I wasn't offended. I just thought, oh, geez, I'm. You don't even th- right. offending someone. You, I don't, you don't even, even mean know. To. Yeah, you don't even realize. But like, 
But I mean, I. But I. I hope the gay folks no that way. listen, which I know are a plenty because yeah. of you. I would like them to tell me in the Brain Candy Crush Facebook group, especially. I'm sure they'll weigh in. Let me know if you think like uh, gay pride should just be for the gay community, LGBTQ. I whatever mm-hmm, all the mm-hmm. letters are, I. or what's a and uh, 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 asexual? Okay, yeah, for those folks, or do you think it should be pride in general? Anybody allies are welcome. I don't know. Or some uh, people say a stands for allies, so there you go. Well, I am, but for I am sure. For, yeah, I am all ally. about it opening. I mean, you know, but I can just speak for myself, and uh, you know. I would definitely yeah. say that I'm a member of the queer community. You are super queer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should have seen me in class when we were talking about, like, uh, you know, LGBT and queer issues and things like that. And people in the class had questions. And I was, like, dying for somebody to, to like, call on me so I could be like, well. Actually. <laughs> actually. Yeah, right? You know, because a lot of people, I think, in my school assume because I'm married that I am heterosexual and that's that. But it just so happens that the person that I fell in love with and married is a man. All right, it does Sarah, not. You, you don't know. have to keep telling us. I know. But I just want people in. in my my class to know. Uh, <laughs> no matter. I who. did say that. I was like, I'm queer as hell over here. So <laughs> feel free to ask me any follow up questions after class. I want to introduce our guest in a second, but I she's a doctor. She's fancy pants. And before I do that, guess what's back. Some delicious a, meats. A special deal. Woo-woo. Tell me everything, sis. Remember last year we did the Omaha Steaks uh, deal and oh, people boy, were just clamoring. Yeah. For M- Me included. Meats. Right. <laughs> My brothers got those for Christmas. Everybody did. What do we got going on this time? Well, Father's Day is around the corner and what guy does not want a big hunk of meat for the big day? And... Uh, I would like them to cook it for me. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, we'll put them to work. They're going to make some yummy food. You guys know how much I love Omaha Steaks. And then when I got all your tweets last year, I found out how much you love them too. And this is such a great deal. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited time offer to our listeners for Father's Day at 78% off. It's a, an amazing deal. Go to omahasteaks.com and type brain candy in the search bar. And then you get this deal. The package includes... Two tender filet mignons, two beefy top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, four jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, we love those with our pasta, one pound of steak fries, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, and plus you get four more grill-ready Omaha steak burgers free with purchase. Deal. Again, this limited time package for only $49.99, which by the way is cheaper than if you got it all at the store. So it's awesome. And the meat is way higher quality. When you go to omahasteaks.com, type brain candy in the search bar and add Father's Day package to your cart. Don't wait. This offer ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, type brain candy in the search bar, grab your dad or whoever's, and fire up the grill. Super high quality, great variety. Everybody's happy. Happy Father's Day to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um, I want to introduce our guest. Ooh, I'm excited. wrote the wonderful book called Hype. She is a fancy doctor and... She breaks it down in her book about what you should be nervous about, what you shouldn't be nervous about. She is no nonsense. And I think that she points out a lot of kind of like what 
Society falls for the clickbait headline. Yeah, totally. It's not really your for fault. Everything. No. You know, the news is 24 hours. They need crap to like get you worked up about. But hype is a doctor's guide to medical myths, exaggerated claims, oh, and bad yeah. advice. How to tell what's real and what's not. Oh. Sarah's into I'm it. I'm so into this. Her name is Nina Shapiro. She is a MD and it's a really great, easy read. You'll love it and um, enjoy the interview with her. Welcome, Nina. All right, let's talk hype. First of all, Doc, congratulations on your book. How are you feeling? Thank you. It's been great. It's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to write. I hope it's a lot of fun to read, and it's a lot of fun to talk about it. I was wondering, because I always think, you know, you toil with writing a book for so long, and then it comes out. I wonder if you get sick of it. Um, you know, not really, because there's so much to it, and and it's I'm, I'm finding now that it's out and it's been out for a few weeks, it kind of has a life of its own because <laughs> there's so so many little angles to to go with it. So so it's actually a lot of fun. It's a little different from from the writing process. Well, I really love the book. I can't wait to hear what our listeners think because for me, it's like this is essential reading now because. You really did all the work for for us <laughs> because You're we welcome. get confused. And so uh, what was your agenda when you were like, I'm going to try to parse out what's important and what's not? Like, how did you manage to whittle it down to what you thought needed to be covered? So, you know, a lot of it is just what I hear on a daily basis, you know, at my work as a doctor, but also just as a mom and a person and out in the world, what people are, you know, what, what's the big stuff people talk, what do people talk about? They talk about their diet, they talk about supplements, they talk about looking and feeling better and, you know, the latest and greatest. And and then, you know, as far as the bad stuff, they talk about cancer and how to prevent it and treat it. And, and so, you know, I just tried to cover the really biggies. And what I find is that, the stuff that really matters is the stuff that's not necessarily in the headlines that keeps us healthy, but it's not necessarily so exciting, but it's actually pretty important. And you're so right. Like in the book, when you talk about how the same people that will, you know, hand ring over organic food will text and drive and how there's mm-hmm. this weird cognitive dissonance for us as humans, where we don't think that's as risky as eating like lettuce that wasn't raised on some special farm. What's right. with Although that? It's yeah, it's this it's this kind of funny notion that people like to you know, and it's human nature and it's fine, but people take into control, you know, what they think is, you know, new and, you know, even a little bit trendy yeah. and this is the newest health thing to do. And then that, you know, all of the basic stuff just literally gets thrown out the window. Yeah. Well, and like to the regular person who's not an MD it does sometimes feel overwhelming where one day they'll say salt is terrible and the next day they'll say it's great have all the salt you want and so do you think people just feel a little confused oh yeah and you know there is you know some of the flip-flopping is just purely marketing and then some of the flip-flopping is is you know frankly it's doctors and research you know if we Mm -hmm. do something and and find one piece of you know for instance one of the biggies was coconut oil not too long ago was considered you know great for your heart health and the american heart association was recommending you know that we you know chug coconut oil by the gallon (laughs) and then you know so we were doing that and then oh no no wait a second we mean don't (laughs) Sorry, just so, kidding. Yeah, gotcha. 
<laughs> so you know, it, it's you know, it's, people get very angry, rightly so. Like, well, you know, that's not fair. You told us to do this, and now you're telling us not. And you know that we get new pieces of information. You know, we used, doctors yeah. used to tell people to smoke cigarettes. So can you, you know. believe? <laughs> not too long ago. <laughs> Right. Right. We're still learning and it is a journey, but that's why your book is so great because you kind of make sense of it and are saying, use your head. And also it's not one size fits all where everything makes the same sense for every single person. Right. Right. Exactly. And like in the end of the book, you talked about how like you really wanted to advocate for the idea of power of individual choice. And I wondered if you could expand on what that means to you. So what that means is that, um, you know, there there are a lot of guidelines that we have, whether it's for doing, you know, certain testing or having a certain diet and, you know, living your life a certain way. And, we're you know, while, the, you know, we do have guidelines for a reason, not everybody is the same. And, you know, certainly when it comes to things like exercise, diet, um, even sleep habits, everybody's mm-hmm. going to have a little different response and, and require a little bit you know, of tweaking, Mm -hmm. you know, for what works for them. You know, there's certain things that are absolute for everybody. Everybody needs vaccines, except if they have a severe medical indication where they can't tolerate vaccines. So that's sort of a one size fits everybody. Um, But for other things, it's a little bit, you know, there's a little subtlety to it as far as you know, yeah. for instance, if you're going to undergo a testing procedure, well, you know, are you high risk for having anesthesia where you shouldn't be having that testing because the risk of the test is, is bigger than, the than mm-hmm. you know, the results. So, you know, for that, you can't just, you know, we're not automatons and just, you know, show up and do whatever, you know, we're told. We have to really think things through and, and think of the implications of, of the choices. What was it, what has it been like for you on your side of the medical conversation when you're hearing from patients that they don't want vaccines or they have fears about it? So, you know, it's it's interesting. And, and you know, a, a lot of doctors have looked at, you know, how can we work with patients who are reluctant, you know, to sort of move forward and understand it? And, you know, certainly one of the worst things we can do is to berate somebody. And, you know, we're telling, you know, you're an idiot. How could you not do that? Of course, you're stupid. And that is completely useless. Right. Um, tempting, but useless. Um, so, but... You know, so it is really a a discussion, and I think it is you have to kind of dig a little bit deeper and see what the origin of the concerns are. You know, sometimes it's it's a little bit surprising. It's you know we sort of have the the tendency to think that oh you know they're just concerned because they're worried that vaccines are associated with autism, but sometimes there's more to it than that. And then if you can just explain the science. You know, for instance, patients are, you know, concerned that, oh, if I give my child too many vaccines, it's going to make their asthma worse mm. or it's going to make, you know, their medical issues worse when in the, the, the cases is actually going to make it better. So sometimes when you just say that simple thing, actually, it's going to help your child with and prevent them yeah. from having asthma attacks, then, oh, I wish somebody would have told me that. I'll do that then. So, you know, I think it, it has to be a conversation because it, we can't mandate this in that way. It's not productive. Um, you'll lose patients that way. You know, they'll just go somewhere else and find somebody who they feel comfortable talking to. Um, and, you know, what we find is that patients, if they're, you know, it's become a little bit of an us and them when it comes to vaccines, um, they'll either find someone who doesn't think they need vaccines or they'll, they'll lie. 
<sighs> right. And it's the irony, it seems to me, is that oftentimes I think people think you're just trying to make, like, exploit it to make tons of money. And in the book, you talk mm-hmm. about, like, listen, this is not our bread and butter here. We're not making tons of dough on saving your life. Indeed, if people were to get sick from not getting vaccines, that sounds pretty lucrative for them. It's medical. a moneymaker. Right. Huge. So I don't get the logic yeah. there. It's not. And, and also people think that, oh, you know, there's a concept that doctors want to just make money, which is why sure. we don't want to use homeopathy or holistic therapy. And those are big money makers too. Insurance <laughs> doesn't cover that. So yeah, and vaccines are, you know, pretty much a wash when it comes to, you know, it costs money to, to buy the vaccines, it costs money to administer them. Um, it's not a big markup. So it's, you know, it is a pure medical treatment. What a concept. And then in the book, you talk about how um, doctors have, you know, kind of these superstitions as well, which I found really entertaining how, like, <laughs> you guys talk about how when there's a nice family that comes in, you're like, well, they're doomed. <laughs> That is totally great, and I had no idea you guys talked like that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I mean, we're really careful and we're nice, but it, but it's sort of, you know, and, and a lot of these are a little bit more old school. It's just, you know, oh, bad prognostic sign, family's nice, and, you know, vice versa. You know, patient is really mean and cantankerous, and the family's really, you know, difficult family. Oh, you know, they're going to live to a thousand. Um, so, you know, obviously that's pure super, superstition and, you know, hocus pocus, but, but, but you know, it's, like it's one that. of those things. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's kind of funny. And, you know, we, I talk about in the book, you know, these studies looking at, you know, whether it is really bad luck to have surgery on Friday the 13th. For or, real. Or, you know, yeah, it's not. It's I not love bad this luck. so much. <laughs> 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 but people probably th- do. And you're saying physicians sometimes feel that way, too. Oh, yeah. This yeah, we, so have, we all have our little, you know, we'll call it routine or we'll call it our little, you know, Ritual. idiosyncrasies. Yeah. But a lot of it's yeah. just based on pure superstition <laughs> so fine well that's what what's fun about your book is it's very informative but it's also entertaining because you kind of find out like what goes on behind the scenes and what you guys have to deal with because most of us just go in as regular patients we don't know what the heck you're doing um <laughs> and a lot of what you talk about are trends they c- come out because There'll be like a tidbit in a study that's kind of sexy in terms of like clickbait or something that they can put on the local news or whatever. And then that becomes what people think is, you know, the the final word. Is that accurate? Yes. So, you know, you can take the beginning of one sentence and have, you know, 30 sentences in between and then the end of the last sentence and just take those two, you know, cut and paste and you'll have a really exciting headline, but miss the entire body of the substance, which is really, you know, again, that's one of the reasons I call the book hype. It's not that the things are wrong or lies or fake. It's just that it's a huge exaggeration and a huge step from you know, the reality just gets lost because you want to see, you know, the blueberries prevent cancer. Um, and, you know, if you, if you eat like, you know, 4,000 pounds of blueberries and put them in a Petri dish, some cancer cells may die, but that doesn't mean blueberries kill cancer. Um, but that, you know, makes for pretty exciting headlines. Right. And that yeah. they have to make, you know, make content and I get it, but then people, that's mm-hmm. part of why people get confused. Um, okay. So, you talk about the internet and the ways in which 
it has been helpful in informing people, but can also be a tool for misinformation, of course. So what is your advice for the best use of the internet at our fingertips? So we all use the internet and, you know, even in doctors, you know, we, if we say, sometimes we say, excuse me, I'll be right back for Googling <laughs> your problem. Um, and, you know, the thing about it is there's so much information, but we don't even realize the bias that goes on in a search. And some of the bias is on the searcher. So for instance, if you have, if you're worried about a certain problem, you will put in words that will lead you very quickly mm-hmm. that you have that problem or your family member has that problem as opposed to, or, you know, vice versa. If you think that something is really good, you will bias yourself to find and convince yourself that something is really good. So, um, you know, something to just keep in mind when you're doing a search about a problem is, you know, people always say, can you Google your symptoms and figure out your diagnosis? No, but you can Google the very, you know, usually I say one, two words max, um, to start and just find out about what's going on. And that should lead you to, I need to call my doctor right now. I need to go back to sleep or I need to call my doctor in three weeks or I need to go to the emergency room. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's not to diagnose and treat anything. And then when you look at a search, you know, Google's primarily, you know, the main search engine that people use, page one of Google is mostly ads mm-hmm. of any search, unless it's a really, really boring topic. And then it may be some actual information. But for the most part, Google's going to be ads on the first page. And it's not that the ads are wrong, but there's bias in that. And you have to understand that somebody's somebody's paying for you to read that. When you have had people come into your office, what is the craziest ass thing you've ever heard somebody say? Like a question that somebody asked. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's this rate? What's this show rate? Um, <laughs> you can no, say no, no, whatever no. you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a lot of it just, you know, I take care of kids for the most oh, part. Right. So a lot of it is related to That's things that, you know, but sometimes they'll ask me questions about themselves. And, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, foods that cause certain problems and, mm. you know, or acupuncture that, that you know, is it's almost like a surgical cure. Um you know, probably like a funny thing that someone asked once is, you know, kids can get these little little pits when they're born. It almost looks like a little dimple on like near their ear, and it's completely nothing to worry about. But I, someone when asked me, she thought it was from the amnio needle <gasps> that poked her her baby's ear. Oh my God! <laughs> hey, maybe convinced. it is. What do we to, know? <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she's ready to sue her OB because she thought the ba- the OB poked the baby's ear. Stop. So it's kind of funny. That's great. Yeah. I love I stuff like, like no, that. No, That's why we need you because we're like. What the heck do we know? It could have been. We don't know. Sure, so like that'd be, be really good aim on, a, <laughs> on like a you know baby the size of a peanut. But okay, <laughs> you talk also in the book about DNA tests, which have become you know a huge thing, especially recently with that dang Golden State Killer and everything. But to, I mean, and it is kind of timely that you brought it up in your book. What made you decide mm-hmm. to include that? So you know, DNA testing is. In, even though it seems like oh you can just get it online and it's and get the whole information it's really in its infancy so we you know we're we're getting a little too much information and we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves so i think just a couple things p- basic stuff people have to understand that if you get one of those dna tests online and you send it in it is not private your information becomes public and you still we still don't quite know where that information is going we know it's going to some larger databases which is good 
good because eventually the goal is that we'll figure out, you know, genetic predisposition to Alzheimer's and other chronic illnesses and cancers. But, you know, is your insurance company getting this information? Are you going to start getting ads for certain issues because of your, your genetic makeup? So a lot of it is still a little bit unknown and, you know, what's going on with this information. And then the other thing is that if you get a genetic test, we like to sort of have a counselor involved with that. A genetic specialist explain the implications because people often think I carry the gene for this cancer. That means I'm going to get this cancer or I don't carry the gene. So I'm not going to get this cancer mm. and it's either terrifying or, or it puts people almost at too much of yeah. ease that they don't realize, you know, that no, you still can get this cancer. Um, so the concern that I have about genetic testing is that it doesn't come with counseling. And, you know, when we check a kid for hearing loss, which is a really, you know, very mild problem, we still have a genetic counselor involved. And that's right. not even like what we would consider a disease or an illness. Right. And people wouldn't have that or don't have that whenever they get their results from this. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. So obviously the book is filled with info on like what we should worry about and what we shouldn't. How do you sum it up on what is stuff we should worry about and put some time into for ourselves? So I think, you know, one of my favorite chapters is a chapter about risk. And, you know, we, we just lose sight of, you know, we lose perspective of, of, you know, what we're at risk for and what people worry about and what people are concerned about. And I think that, you know, we've, our heads are spinning and we don't really, we kind of lost our common sense about how to stay healthy, how to live longer, how to live healthier. And so a lot of it is, is really basic stuff that, again, is not necessarily going to be a headline about, you know, how to make sure you wear your seatbelt and don't text and drive and, and, you know, get some exercise, but it doesn't have to be crazy, you know, mm -hmm. extreme exercise. Um, and People are so sort of wrapped up in all these, you know, the newest diet and the newest supplement and the newest type of exercise that, um, you know, I sort of every so often I stop with, did I miss that day in medical school? Like we didn't, <laughs> we didn't learn all this stuff. Where have I been? And it's almost like I'm living in a, in a vacuum, but I'm not. It's just that there's so much new and it's making everybody crazy because, yeah. you know, wait, I'm supposed to do this. No, I'm supposed to do that. Sit up, stand up, you know, do a standing desk. No, get a sitting desk. No, don't sit, don't stand. <laughs> so like, wait a second, just like be active and, and relax. Calm down. Right. Yes. There's yes. one exactly. question that we ask everybody, which is, um, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? Oh, that's a great question. I always keep a bunch of books. <laughs> that's great. Your own or other people's? Both. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good um, answer. I, I, I always have books in the car. I always have some of my own, and I've written a few books in case you know I ever meet someone and they, they need a copy of the book. So you gotta always gotta have your books with you. I always have scrubs, <laughs> and I always have my I have my operating room outfit, and I should have water because I live in earthquake country, oh my um, God, right? and they always say to have water with you. Um, but I uh, I have I have scrubs in case I ever need to get to the OR. And I'm out. Wow. That's a good answer. Because we like to think that whatever's in your trunk is sort of like where you are in your life. It represents where you are at the moment. So your book, books, your, and yeah, <laughs> books and scrubs, that sounds about right. 
Well, I I congratulate you on the book, and I'm so glad that I read it, and I hope a lot of other people do too because it's so informative, but it's great for people like me who don't have the background in medicine, and it's easy and and fun to read too. So I just hope everyone reads it, and it's a huge success. I do too. Thank you. Yeah. You're off the hook. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the Brain Candy Podcast. We're honored. This was fun. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Thank you so much. Cute. All right. Thanks again. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. 